Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You remember, Jesus didn't do life alone. He had those 12 guys. I'm sure he laughed. I'm sure he cried, too. What are these turkeys doing? Look at the contrast between Satan and Jesus. Satan, the thief, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, sorry, I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. We need to understand that joy, even in spite of difficulties, is part of the kingdom of God. The world thinks that being a follower of Christ is nothing more than drudgery and misery. Unfortunately, some Christians help to reinforce that perception. If that's what you think being a Christian is supposed to be like, you need to listen to Pastor Mark today. He'll be teaching about the biblical attitudes that Christ followers are supposed to have. He'll be reminding you that Jesus came to free people from chains, not to put more chains on them. You'll learn about the purpose God has for you and how he is ready to give you two things the world can't give you, joy and peace. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 as he continues his message, Living with a Pilgrim Mentality. Now, most of you did that to a spouse. Now, I want you to twist your head, look behind you, look in front of you, and say that to somebody you've never said, that strange person in your row. Come on. I need you, and you need me. (laughs) By the way, look at me. I need you. Sorry, and you need me whether you like it or not. One of the greatest things is doing life together. Is doing life together. Now, that's a biblical principle from start to finish. That means I have to learn to be around other mature believers. You know, I've been Christian 70 years. I've learned a lot of things. I'm mature in a lot of areas, and other areas not so good. But why did I get mature in things? Because I blew it. And I learned, don't go there. Been down there, that was a stupid move of myself. Don't go there. So you and I, can I just say this? You and I will never reach God's potential for us by trying to do life alone. You'll never, ever, ever reach his potential. I want to reach the potential God has for me. So I have to be around people It's time to get connected with other people. That's why we have all these small groups. We have all these things coming up for you. Guys, it's time to get connected. Get plugged in. See, 
You have to be a place where you need role models in there. And you say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm going to be with some of those kind of weird people in that home group or something. Hello. (laughs) What do you think they're saying when you walk in the room? (laughs) Who's that weird person? Hey, we're all weird persons, but we're made in the image of God. Now, think about this. Ever since I started this church, I tried to follow the pattern of the early church. Remember, 3,000 people got saved when Peter preached. 3,000. And they were from all different countries. But let me read to you Acts chapter 2. And all the believers met together. Together. In one place, and then they began to share everything they had. They sold their property, their possessions, their money, and they worshiped together at the temple each day, and they met in homes, in small groups, For communion, the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy, generosity, while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You can get connected. Just turn to your neighbor right now. This is an easy one. Together is better. Come on. Together is better. Amen? Together is better. It's no fun, and it's not useful doing life alone. We don't do life alone. We don't want to be lone rangers. Kamasapi, we don't want to be that. Here we go. Number seven. Pilgrims know how to laugh and enjoy life every day. Now, there are a lot of misconceptions about the Christian life. Many people think it's nothing but a boring lifestyle. No joy. Can you imagine what your neighbors think tomorrow morning? When they see you driving out of your driveway at 5.30 in the morning. And they're out picking up their paper. Where are you going? To church. And you drive on. Can you see him walking in the house? Mildred. Do you know the idiot we got next door? It's Monday. He's driving to church. Stay away from that guy. He's out of his wife. It's one taco short of a combination plate. He's crazy. Don't laugh. They won't say that to us, but that's what they think. Why did they think it? Because they think being a Christian is boring. It's routine. There's no joy. There's no peace. They are wrong. But we have to be a role model. So we just have to understand that that's what the world kind of thinks. By the way, some of you Christians even think that. I love what Philip's translation says about Jesus. Watch this. Matthew eleven nineteen, The Son of Man came enjoying life. Do you think Jesus ever laughed? Look around you. <laughs> We're great compared to the disciples. You remember Jesus didn't do life alone. He had those 12 guys. I'm sure he laughed. I'm sure he cried too. What are these turkeys doing? Look at the contrast between Satan and Jesus. Satan, the thief, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, sorry, I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. We need to understand that joy, even in spite of difficulties, is part of the kingdom of God. Let me read you a story. Once there was a king who was terribly unhappy, and the king's advisors told him that there was only one cure. 
Find a man who is happy and get his shirt. So that was there. That, that, if we can find a guy that's laughing, get the shirt, bring it back. Maybe there's laughter in the shirt. I don't know. So immediately the king dispatched messages to find the shirt of a happy man. They finally found a man who was incredibly happy, laughing all the time, but he was so poor he didn't own a shirt. <laughs> what is that? That looks elusive to us, doesn't it? Well, let me ask you a question. How often do we laugh? Do you ever laugh at yourself? Oh, Lord, help us. How many of us have discovered maybe that we're not even enjoying life? We're just kind of going through a routine. The Bible tells us there's one dose of medicine that can cure much of what ails us. God told Solomon 3,000 years ago to write this. Look at this verse. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's Strength. Laughter from a cheerful heart brings healing. You know, with my medical background, I decided yesterday, actually the day before, to get in and see what does science say about laughing? Well, here's what I discover. Laughing, laughter uh, decreases stress hormones and increases immune cells and infection-fighting antibodies, thus improving your resistance to disease. Now, these people aren't spiritual even though they're quoting a scripture that they don't have it, even know it's there. Laughter triggers the release of endorphins, the body's natural feel-good chemicals. Somebody told me a few years ago, if you run marathons, the endorphins will just rise. I said, I don't care about endorphins rising. I'm not running a marathon. So laughter does what? Increasing our endorphins. And endorphins promote an overall sense of well-being, and can even temporarily relieve pain. Wow. Does God know what he's doing or what? Yes, he does. I read a study recently also, a university study of Michigan, and they found that the average child laughs 150 times a day. An adult, 15. (laughs) The minute I read that, God brought this scripture to mind. Unless we become like little children, we'll never enter the kingdom of God. I'm going to get you laughing a little. These are real ads from older people. Older people. You young people, don't laugh at us because you'll be there sooner than you know. Here we are. Here's an ad. It was stated in the newspaper as memories. I can usually remember Monday through Thursday... If you, the other person that they're looking to, a man, woman, if you can remember Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, let's put our two heads together. (laughs) Now, you young people go, what's wrong with that person? I told you, just wait. It's coming. Next one. Here's a winning smile. Active grandmother with original teeth. (laughs) Seeking a dedicated flosser to share rare steaks, corn of the cob, and caramel candy. (laughs) Can you just see that? <sighs> Can't get that caramel out down there. I love it. I love it. That's a winning smile. Come on now. All right, here we go. Next one. This is my favorite. Long-term commitment. Widow who has recently buried her fourth, hu- fourth husband. Looking for someone to complete a six-burial pl- burial plot. <laughs> and I said to my wife, does that mean they're both going to die? My wife says, yes. Okay. 
seeking to complete a six-unit barrier plot. High blood pressure, coronary problems, and blackouts, not a problem <laughs> at all. <laughs> oh, I love it. Do you feel your endorphins just raising right now? Feel your endorphins raising? Well, I have a couple more. After having children, Adam and Eve started getting a lot of questions from their kids in the garden. And the kids said, Mom and Dad, why aren't we living in the Garden of Eden anymore? And Adam got these kids together and simply said this, Your mother ate us out of house and home. There we go. There we go. Did Eve you ever have a date with Adam? Nope, just an apple. And this is for Old Testament people. If you don't know the Old Testament, it probably won't make sense to you. But it's a great one. It's a great one. What was Boaz like before he married Ruth? He was ruthless. All right. If you look around you, you can tell when people are happy. You know why? Because it what? It shows. We're smiling. To enjoy life, we cannot be legalistic. You will never enjoy life if you're legalistic. To enjoy life, we cannot major on minors. We major on the major things. To enjoy life and laugh often, you can't be a pessimistic person. Remember Jacob said, God's against me. Everything's against me. And then it turns out exactly the opposite. Remember, God is good. And last, let's learn to laugh more and more and enjoy the journey we have while we're here. He or she who laughs, lasts. It's a huge thing for us. Number eight, pilgrims routinely take steps of faith. I'm just going to read the first line to you. Hebrews 11. All these people were still living by faith when they died. That whole chapter of Hebrews is the role of faith. And it's people who live their whole life enduring the worst things you can ever imagine. And yet, they were simply living by faith when they died. They had what we could say basically would be this. They endured that shame, but they had an endurance. Their faith just stayed there. Well, Pastor Mark, what is faith? Here it is, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. See, look at this definition. Faith is a confidence that what God has said or promised will indeed happen. Do you know it's impossible to live the Christian life without faith and please God? See, our walk with God is not by sight. It's by faith. We're trusting God. You can think of those scriptures everywhere. He who began a good work in you will finish it. Well, I can't see that, but I know it. Nothing, Romans 8, can separate me from the love of God. Wow. I can't see that. I don't know what it is. But see, we live by faith, not by sight. And faith comes by hearing, hello, we're back to this, and the hearing of the 
word of God. When you leave today, you should have more faith in God than you ever did because we based it on the truth of the word. Listen to this verse. And it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Wow. You've had favor with God lots of times, haven't you? We live by faith. It's not a leap in the dark. Well, I'm going to do this, God. Just bless me. No, it doesn't work that way. We have faith based on the promises of God. He will lead you. He will direct you. It doesn't matter the circumstances. All these people were still living by faith when they died. That's what I want to be. I want to be a person that lives by faith. And just when I'm dying, I still got faith. Because I know where I'm going next. It's heaven. Jesus said this. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. See, that means the person, even a Christian, doesn't want to please God. They just want to have salvation, kind of a fire insurance. That doesn't work. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. See, taking steps of faith, not knowing what's happening next, but knowing that God has a plan for you. He wants to use you. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God using us. Remember, the most important thing in life is God, people, and how we use our time. We can't be these people who don't have any passion for life. We can't be these people that fear of risking something. Faith is risk. I don't know the outcome, but God told me to do it. When we started this church all those years ago, when we moved to Florida, we didn't know what God was going to do. I just wanted to say to God, God, whatever you want, God, what do you want to do to me? And I'm going to pray for all of us in a moment. And I want to say this to you. We can't afford to waste our lives by trying to save them, by trying to avoid risk. We want to live by faith. And I want to say this to you, and I'm going to pray over you. God, what do you want to do with me? In 2019, I want to do what you want. I don't know what it is. And it could be as simple as walking across the street and starting a relationship with someone in the neighborhood that doesn't know God and just praying, or at work, or at the school, or the university, whatever. It could be getting in a small group. Some of you have never done that. All right, it's time to take a risk. Some of you go on a mission trip. You go on a mission trip, I'll guarantee you one thing. You'll never be the same when you come back, ever. Because the world doesn't live like this. And when you see that, you're just a changed person. We're going to bow our heads in just a moment. But I'm going to pray for you, including myself, that 2019 will be a different year than ever before. It will be a year of transformation in your life. Not information, transformation. That you'll be more like God. Now, the only way to do that is to trust him and to trust his word. This is how to do life. This is the way it works. And you have, if you're a Christian today, the Holy Spirit in you. Some of you don't have the Holy Spirit yet. You're not a Christian. You're not a believer. I'm going to pray for you in a moment as well. Let's just bow our heads right now. Father, we know you answer prayer. This week, over the next 10 days, we're going to be praying for thousands of people at all our campuses. Near, far. Doesn't matter. Nothing, nothing hinders prayer. It goes all over from heaven to any part of the world. And so we just ask you today for a prayer for ourselves. I'm praying 
for these wonderful people at all our campuses. I'm praying for the single moms. I'm praying for the married couples. I'm praying for the divorced people. I'm praying for the lonely people. I'm praying for the people that have difficulty right now. They have physical issues, maybe spiritual issues. I'm praying for all of us today. Lord, we're people always in a need of prayer because you change us. You're a very present help in time of trouble. God, will you put in the heart of every person I'm speaking to right now a vision, a passion for doing the will of God? And I pray that we would be a body, a family, of faith, and watch you, as we just saw in the book of Acts, as we take steps of faith, you will add to the church daily. Our goal, Lord, is to please you. And pleasing you, we already know what that. It's about the mission. You came to seek and save the lost. And you rarely use angels. You use people. So I just pray for every single one of us in 2019. Change us. Make us more like you. Help us to have that mentality of a temporary resident. We're not here that long. Before long, we're gone. And I can't do anything when I'm gone except enjoy heaven forever. But I want to be, and I want these people to be, right up to the time that they pass away. Living by faith, trusting you, being challenged, and stepping up with enduring faith to the end. And let me just pray right now. Some of you are here and not Christians at our campuses, or you walked away last year. I'm going to pray a prayer for you right in your seat. You see, you can't get saved without faith. You say, well, I don't have faith. No, God will give you the faith to believe. See, the Bible teaches that Every person was born a sinner. And that's why Jesus came. He died on the cross so we could have our salvation. He paid for it. He knew what was ahead. He did the will of God for you and for me. And if you would like to have your sins forgiven today, a brand new start, you're no longer doing life alone because God's going to live in you the minute you ask him to forgive you. So pray this prayer with me. Just quietly under your own voice. Dear God, you've spoke to my heart. I need to do life with you. Someone who knows everything about me and still loves me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins today. And I ask you to help me to put my trust and my faith in you. I believe in you. And today, I take that step of faith and ask you to forgive everything I've done and to give me a brand new start. I want to be born again. I want to follow Jesus Christ. Thank you for your love and your forgiveness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark talked again about your need to be involved with the other people in your church. He reminded you that this involvement was one of the main features of the first church. You learned that part of the characteristics of the pilgrim is taking steps of faith. You were shown that the early believers died without seeing all of the promises come to pass. That's how you should be thinking. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Well, that wraps up Pastor Mark's teaching, Living with the Pilgrim Mentality. Next time, he'll begin a new message called, What Do We Do When God Changes Our Plans? He'll be teaching about your need to be flexible when God takes your carefully made plans and decides to mess them up. You'll learn about the Apostle Paul's reaction when God did that to him. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.